I'm Katherine Edwards, reading from USA Today's travel section, American Beginnings, the Source of the Mississippi River, by Gary Garth. Everything starts somewhere, and the Mississippi River starts here. Kneel at the water's edge and you can hear it, the whispery gurgle as the water moves across the rocks that delineate the river from a lake. A downstream riffle is barely discernible, but it's clearly the beginning point. The Mississippi is America's national river, the seam that both binds and bounds the nation. The country's consciousness courses through its waters. Mark Twain saw to that. While the Mississippi has been somewhat corralled by dams and levees, the great river followed its own path, occasionally running wild, pushing towns, cities, and citizens aside. The source of the Mississippi has been known to Native Americans for centuries. Then in 1832, Henry Schoolcraft, a territorial superintendent for Indian Affairs stationed at Sault Ste. Marie, Canada, headed west, his assignment unclear. But for a dozen years, Schoolcraft had been itching to locate the headwaters. He was convinced that an 1820 excursion identifying Cass Lake as the Mississippi source had been in error. He met an Ojibwe leader named Ozawindib, who agreed to guide Schoolcraft to the beginnings of the Gichizibi an Ojibwe word meaning great water. Mississippi derives from the Algonquin word, Mississippi. They arrived on July 13th. Schoolcraft did officially discover it, said Sandra Lichter, an Itasca State Park naturalist, who was well-versed in the headwaters' history. But if you have someone show you, did you really discover it? And would you have found the headwaters without help? That's a good question. Schoolcraft had an idea where it was, but he got very lucky when he encountered Ozawindib. Most visitors today barely notice Lake Itasca, which covers about 1.8 square miles and spawns the river. They come for the Mississippi, which flows northward from the lake, then winds eastward for about 100 miles before bending south. Today the headwaters are the centerpiece of Itasca State Park, a 33,235-acre slice of north woods between the towns of Bemidji and Park Rapids. There is more here than the Mississippi's beginnings, of course. Thousands of timbered acres, including few centuries-old pines, more than 100 glacial lakes, miles of hiking, biking, and snowmobiling trails, deer, eagles, hawks, upland game, small game, waterfowl, black bears, gray wolves, bass, walleye, pike, muscalunge, and more. Nearly 2,000 acres are set aside as a wilderness sanctuary. But the Mississippi headwaters have an almost mythic hold on visitors. More than 500,000 people annually visit the park. Nearly all make the pilgrimage to the Mississippi's beginnings, which are a bit overdone, touristy but not tacky, and include a live webcam. Step just a short distance off the beaten path, however, and the solitude of the pine forest returns. We like to say that people come for the headwaters and return for the trees, said park lead interpreter Connie Cox. But yes, Itasca is known for having the headwaters of the Mississippi River. The name says as much. The Ojibwe knew the lake as Omushkos, which means Elk Lake. The word Itasca was a schoolcraft creation, a combination from parts of two Latin words, veritas and caput, meaning truth and head. Schoolcraft wouldn't have any trouble locating the headwaters today, but he might not recognize the spot when he got here. He would have found a small stream emerging from a weedy, swampy, thriving, wild mess. Loggings around 1900 soiled this fragile ecosystem. 
In the early part of the 20th century, park officials, hoping to lure visitors with more attractive surroundings, recommended the first 2,000 or so feet of the Mississippi River be cleaned up. In stepped the Civilian Conservation Corps. The original channel was restored. Trees were planted. A low concrete dam was built at the outlet. Most visitors are unaware of the dam, which is 40 feet long, 7 feet wide, and unseen. Its purpose is not to dam the lake, but stabilize the outflow. The dam is topped with rocks. It's an unofficial rite of passage for visitors to walk across the rocks or wade the Mississippi just below the structure. There's also a log bridge. A wooden walkway flanks the shoreline for about one-third of a mile, then crosses the river before intersecting the schoolcraft trail. A spur returns to the parking lot. On a cool early October morning, a couple dozen people milled around the headwaters, waiting and snapping selfies by a carved post, which, in all caps, reads, Here, 1,475 feet above the ocean, the mighty Mississippi begins to flow on its winding way. 2,500